The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Listening to the Star Citizen Podcast. My name. Wait. Wait a second. We have a name before my name. The Versecast, the Star Citizen Podcast. Jeez. Already off to a bad start. My name is John Abraham. So close. So, so God, close. I've been doing that forever. How did I, I mess know. that up? It's been a rough week, and I am Jimmy Croker. And uh, Gleep will be back next week. So, everybody out there in podcast land, this is. The last week you have to suffer with just John and I. We are Those Guys With Chips. This is episode 47 of the Versecast. Today is 10 6 Thank you, Ronald Jenkins. Oh, even I'm having a hard time. It's a new tongue. I'm still breaking it in. <laughs> um, thank you, Ronald Jenkins. Uh, the intro-outro song is Try the Bass. And you can find it along with all of his fine musical stylings at ronaldjenkins.com. John... Some addendums and corrections again. Great. I'm really sorry, John. John, I'm really sorry. John? What What happened? You lost Price is Right. Oh! In, in no! no spin of the wheel for you in a stunning, stunning reversal of fortune. Both Gleep and I are the winners, and you lost. But I won at first. How did I win? I was fully expecting to lose when I said $900. That's what happens. I... (laughs) (laughs) So, Gleep, if you're out there listening, congratulations. Uh, You get to take a spin on the wheel and possibly enter into the showcase showdown. Myself as well. So uh, we will see. Uh, we will see how that plays out. Maybe Gleep or maybe myself will win a fabulous trip for two to Acapulco. A hibachi, a beautiful washer dryer set, and a brand new car. Dun 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 dun. dun. Oh wait, no, that's uh, I Dream of Genie. <laughs> I was close. I was all right. Um, so this has been a, a bit of a rough week uh, for those of us that are uh, backers, supporters, and quote unquote cultists of uh, CIG and Star System in general. Before we get too into it, John, how was your week? It was good. I got a uh I got a raspberry pie. It was delicious. I see. No. A raspberry pie is like a little computer thing that uh it's basically a a a computer on a board that's about the size of oh, it's like 4 by 3 inches. Yeah, yeah. Are you, you know what it a, is? Yeah, you're making a little robot. No, I'm making an arcade cabinet. 
Ooh, what? A little dip switch. A dip switch? Yeah. yeah what is a dip things, switch? Turn things on and off. Turn things on and off. Why, what's, what's dip about it? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Come on. I know what a dipstick is. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to say, John? Nothing. I'm not. Uh, let's just back it up. See, I, it I, up. I, I lob them out to you. I expect you to swing for them. You just watch them go right by. I need to look up a dip switch. Yes, you do. Um, but yeah, I'm making a an arcade cabinet. Okay. And it'll be able to run. It's actually a really impressive thing for $35. It can, it'll be able to run MAME, which is like every arcade game ever that you would ever want. And then NES, Super NES, pretty much everything up to the N64 and PlayStation. And I'm going to build the whole thing out of wood eventually. But right now I have a thing called RetroPie running on it, which is a piece of software that is just like a really slick interface for emulators. And it's actually really impressive. It's totally free and like super easy to install. Nice. So, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty sick once I get it done. My uh, my brother-in-law uh, messes with that stuff as well. He's um, I think he's in the middle of trying to build a little... Um, very basic uh, little robot. So, but uh, dip switch an arrangement of switches in a uh, in a dual inline package used to select the operating mode of a device such as a printer. This makes that makes sense. Oh, okay. There you go. Sure. That is a dip switch. <laughs> so, I had a pretty boring week. Uh, not a whole lot for me to talk about, um, other than uh, you know all the stuff that was happening with CIG, which. Ugh. I think we all need to take a little vacation at this point. Um, the good news, uh, Star Citizen uh, hit over $90 million. Uh, good job, community. Uh, Dang. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the community is supporting the development of a game that we all believe in, and we're continuing to fund it, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the stuff that came out, over the weekend, the uh, the Stargate, as I like to call it, um, it's it it actually convinced a lot of people I was seeing to fund the game even more. Yeah, yeah. Which me some... being one of them, I actually subscribed. Oh, so hey, welcome yeah. to the club. Yeah, so I think I think uh, Derek Smarts and the Gamer Gators, whoever out there that's hating on the game right now really they're probably pulling some people away but i think at the same time they're convincing people that they have to like put even more into supporting the game and funding the game so that we can get it done here's the thing it star citizen is the largest crowdfunded anything ever yeah. Think about think about that for a second. There is no other crowdfunded anything out there that has come even remotely close to raising ninety million dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if you think about it in the terms of it's a video game and and basically the a community of roughly a million backers um is funding the development of this game, 
that's pretty impressive. Um, it, it allows CIG to build a AAA title. Um, and, and that money is, is an astronomical sum of money. It should go without saying it's gonna, it attracts a lot of attention. Um, some good, some not so much. I think anybody on the outside looking in, someone that does not follow the game, um, would see that and immediately think, don't those people have something better to spend their money on? Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I would say to those people, of course they do. You know, there, there are a lot of good causes in the world. There are a lot of things that people can do in their personal lives to help make the world a better place. And we all do that. It doesn't mean we can't have fun, too. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't also fund something that you believe in. Now, with that being said, the escapist this, this past week posted just a, a damning article on CIG. Um, in it, they claimed uh, former CIG employees had come to them independently to speak out on CIG's financial situation, as well as just horrible claims of poor management, improper use of funds, a toxic work environment, racism, discrimination, um, all on the part of, of, C, of senior CIG employees. I was mortified when I read this. And there was, there was no counterpoint. There was no, there was no anything from CIG. I was horrified. John, I know you were too. We, we spent, what, half the day texting back and forth? Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible piece. To the point where I can, I can almost say in hindsight, if one or two of those things had been reported, I would find more validity in it than the sheer volume. I mean, they literally stopped short of saying, Chris Roberts beats puppies with a bat and then Sandy thro- throws them over the bridge to drown. Yeah, it was really bad. Like... I, it- yeah. It felt gross to me. Yeah, it really felt horrible. And as somebody that is, you know, yeah, we joke about, joke around about being fanboys, but I'm a pretty objective person. I'm not so wrapped up in the game or so invested in the game that I can't step back and look at things from the outside in. Yeah, we do a podcast on the show, and I have that, you know, my radio show, and, and, and I love the the possibility or potential of what CIG is working on. But I'm also a reasonable human being. I'm, you know, I'm not such a fanboy that I can't sit back and go, oh, this is really bad. And it really did affect my feelings towards the company. In other words, if, if this is accurate, this is bad. And I know, John, you felt the same way. Yeah, I, it made me think, can we keep doing this for a second, you know? It yeah. was it was that bad and yeah. and I I I mean in hindsight and seeing like Chris Chris's response and the testimonials from other CIG devs and all this stuff that's come out I'm kind of upset with myself for feeling that way. Well, but, but up until this point I haven't had any grounds to doubt them in any way. Like exactly. even with all the Derek Smart stuff or all this other stuff that we have made a point of not talking about on the show because we don't want the show to be about drama. Um, but I think if Chris Robertson himself is posting right on CIG uh, on RSI about this, then I think it's time that we say something. But it's yeah. just, I mean, like I said, up until this point, I haven't had any reason to doubt anything. You know, reading Derek Smart stuff, I just, I know it's just complete bull. It's just so ridiculous. Um, right. And then, so, yeah, go go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, so, so here you and I are panicked about this article and um, I get a, um, I get a phone call and um, the person that calls me basically tells me, Hey, I saw the escapist thing. You familiar with the escapist magazine? And my response was no. And they were like, they are fully supported and fully backed by the Gamergate community. Now, let me, let me stop right here. Um, this is not an indictment of Gamergate. This is not an indictment of Derek Smart. Uh, this is not an indictment of the escapist. This is just one person's thought process through all of this. Um, I don't personally support that community, but I also, you know, to each their own, you know, at the end of the day, teach their own. If that's your jam, I guess that's your jam. It's not mine. So with that said, I said, okay, I felt just a little bit better going, okay, well, if this is coming from a community that for some weird reason seems to hate Star Citizen, then maybe I need to, to look a little bit deeper and not be, not be so horrified by this. So immediately thereafter, Chris Roberts posts a response, and it is stinging, categorically denying each claim linking the writer of the article to the Gamergate community, um, and one particular, Derek Smart. Uh, like I said, we're not going to go into the whole Gamergate situation. You know, we have our opinions, but it's interesting to see that almost all of the negativity and all of the toxicity about the game is coming from that community and not the backers. If you're a backer of the game, you know, and I, I'm, I'm basing this solely on on Twitter. I don't really go to um, Reddit all that much and, and I'm on the forums and all that other stuff, but generally speaking, Twitter's a good microcosm of, of all the things that are going on out there. And so he categorically denies every single one of the, uh, of the claims that are made against the company. And John, I know you felt better after reading this and I did as well. Yeah. It, was, it was a very strong, very positive response and and linking basically a lot of different individuals into one basically implying that this seems to be basically a a purposeful assault on the company so the escapist came out shortly thereafter and claimed that they fully stood behind their writer that she did in fact vet all sources and that they they basically doubled down on the article in their podcast and tore cig apart in their podcast so Friday night, Ortwin Firemuth, VIP uh, of CIGN lawyer, follows up Chris's response with uh, basically the nuclear option. I think we can kind of both agree on that. Yeah, John? I mean, he just swung for the fences. It was, um, it was a damning, uh, damning letter towards the escapists, uh, casting doubt on the legitimacy of the sources um, including evidence of either willful ignorance or collusion on the part of the escapist. Uh, in summation, he demanded a full retraction uh, of the article, a full apology to Sandy and CIG, or a libel suit would be filed against them. So as of today, the escapist responded, uh, very short, very kind of vanilla response, where they basically said, we support our writer, we're continuing to uh, vet the... Um, the anonymous, uh, the anonymous former and current employees that came to us, 
Um, and uh, if Chris's invitation to tour CIG is still uh, afforded to them, that they will go and tour the studio. So this has been kind of rough. I mean, it's such a scathing article that came out from The Escapist that it's almost too scathing. And it's for, for that article to shake my confidence in the company and for it to shake your confidence in the company, it, it makes me think, what's going on here? You know, and I follow the news coming out of CIG. I've toured the facility. I've met the people. I've seen the work that they're doing. And we see the work that they do on a weekly basis. We also play the game. You know, granted, it's in development. But there there are tangible, factual aspects of the game that we are playing. So as somebody that's involved with the game this kind of rings hollow to me. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, how, I, I, how, how, are your, how do your sources know where the money is gone? A. B, uh, the, the, the allegations against Sandy just seem uh, excessive, you know, at, at best. So, I just want to ponder this, or just want to po- pose this to everyone out there. And again, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. Um, I think that usually the, the most obvious answer is, is probably the truth. And in this case, I feel this is the most obvious answer. When Elite Dangerous, John, you remember this, when Elite Dangerous uh, announced that they weren't going to have private servers, their community exploded, right? Yeah. Was there ever a leaked article about them? Offline. 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 Right, right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Offline gameplay. Excuse me. Was there ever an article that was leaked months in advance claiming that this was going to be the case? Uh, I mean, I didn't follow it that closely, but I feel like I didn't see that kind of upset before they actually announced it. Before they actually announced it, right. And that's my point. It seems to me that, and and I've seen this on Twitter um, and in the forums, and I think a lot of people agree with me. It seems to me that, let's say for the sake of argument that everything in the Escapist article is 100% correct. CIG is running out of money. Sandy and Chris are absolute tyrants. The The game is a long con. Nothing is ever going to get done. It'll never be released, quote unquote, in its current, uh, as it's currently being pitched. Let's say all of that's true. Can't, can't we just sit back and wait and watch it collapse? Yeah. I, it, it just hasn't been long enough for it to fail yet. Well, it's not only, only been, it hasn't even been three years. Well, not only that. Not only that, let, let's, I mean, let's just put that aside. You know, game development, we all know this. Game development is fraught with, with problems, especially when you're trying to do something groundbreaking. So let's go on the assumption that everything in that article is correct. It seems to me that there is a campaign to go after them. Nobody's just sitting back and waiting for CIG to make the announcement that they're going to collapse, you know? And, and the thing is, if, if Derek Smart swears that he's correct, then shut up and wait for him to fail. If the Gamergators are, are positive that Derek Smart is correct, then wait and let the company fail. I, I don't understand why people are attacking the company. And this isn't coming from a fanboy perspective. It's coming from just you know a legitimate question. It, it's, it seems like that community, that magazine that is... A, allegedly supported by that community and an individual who has been feeding that community with his beliefs in what CIG is or is not 
seem to be the only people going after the company. Yeah. I, I don't I don't understand what fuels them, really. I, I don't see other news sources um, posting this. Um, the the people in Twitter in the Star Citizen hashtag that I see posting toxic, vitriolic comments like, you know, um, we're all fanboys and we're all cultists. Um, you know, ha ha ha, you're out of money, you know, follow the money. I mean, all these just horrible, horrible things. If you go and look at their profiles, you're, you're one or two degrees away from finding something relative to Gamergate. And again, I'm not bashing on that community. You guys, you do your own thing. But the simple fact is that the noise about CIG is coming from that community. It's not coming from the backers. It's not coming from any other, um, any other established news source. It, it seems to only be coming but from Derek Smart, the Gamergate community, and the Escapist, which allegedly is supported by Gamergate. So I, I just don't understand it. The thing that destroys any concept of trust I might have in the escapist is that part in Ortwin's letter where he says that they saw I think I think the the escapist editor saw a picture of one of the the person the people they were interviewing he saw she saw the a picture of someone's ID badge at CIG and Ortwin responds with, they don't issue ID cards at any of their development houses. <laughs> yeah, so no, absolutely. You can't, you can't trust any of it. Well, and the other thing, too, is another thing that he had mentioned in his... And, and you know, this is all conjecture. I, let, me, let me put that out there for the record. This is all conjecture. Um, we can be completely off base. CIG could be collapsing. But it just as someone that follows the game closely, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. But another thing that uh, Ortwin alluded to was the fact that apparently he claims that this has been shopped around, that there have been other news agencies that have decided not to run with this story because they didn't feel um, that the sources were either legitimate or could be thoroughly vetted. So, again, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but you have someone who, since July has been screaming, literally screaming at the top of his lungs that CIG is a fraud, that Chris Roberts is, is a fraud, that the company is going to fail, that the game cannot be created in any way, shape, or form. You've had the same person saying things like, um, my, you know, th th this will all come out soon. I'll be vindicated soon. You'll all see that I was right. This same person made very public the fact that CIG was willing to offer refunds on a case-by-case -case basis. Run on the bank comes to mind. You familiar with that phrase? No. Okay, it's a Great Depression. Um, when the stock market crashed, people may, basically had a run on the bank. Everyone ran to the bank to pull okay. their money out. Yep. Banks don't keep that kind of money on hand, so the banks yeah. collapsed. Right. Same concept here. I really can't help but feel like this is a ploy or an attempt to make a run on the bank. It's an attempt to have... To cast doubt in the minds of backers, people that have invested, you know, anywhere between forty dollars to, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars, and everything in between. 
it's to cause enough fear and enough doubt for all of those people to flood CIG and demand refunds and cripple the company. And then and then Derek Smart can say, ha ha, I was right. Again, I, I, I hate sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but it just all seems like it is coming from one person and it is being it is being fed to a community who has bought it hook, line, and sinker, and now it's being supported by a news by a single news publication. It's just Derek what it feels Smart like to me. wants the game to fail. I oh, don't care what clearly. he says or what anybody else says. He'll he will claim that he wants it to to prosper and he wants to play the game, but he does not. He no. wants it to fail and he wants to bring in followers so that he can somehow get people to buy his stuff which is yeah. garbage. We know it. it from all the Steam reviews and everything out there. Nobody has ever said that he's made good games. Uh, and I'm sorry to bash him. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't want to go around slandering people, but he is just slandering CIG constantly. You know, he's spending hours. He's got to be spending just oh, yeah, all day hours long. of his day. Just trying to destroy it, and he, he could be spending this time making something good, but he's not. Or or doing something good, you know. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I, I I have I have a singular philosophy, and that is be a good human. That's it. Yeah. That's my philosophy in life, I, and I learned this from my wife. Be a good human. If you're a good human, everything else falls into place. And and I'm sorry, but Derek Derek seems to have one goal in mind and that is to bury Chris to bury and disgrace Chris Roberts, Sandy Gardner, anyone involved with CIG and anyone involved with the development of that game. And it's just it's painfully apparent. He and has I, no stake in the game no, at all anymore. None. And we don't need a knight in shining armor. If we no. need somebody then then if if the community feels like we are being che- cheated in some way then we will stand up and right. do something about it. We're not asking Derek to do anything, and he doesn't need to do... There's no reason for him to unless he has something out for CIG or Chris. Exactly. There's no reason for him to do this other than for whatever personal reasons he has. And who knows what they are. But I just... I'm, I'm amazed at the veracity that Derek Smart... The Gamergate community and escapists have attacked CIG. And the thing is, at the end of the day, if all of that is true, if let's just say for the sake of argument, Derek Smart is right, I'm a big boy. I'm 44 years old. I'm fully aware of the investment that I've made in a company to support their development of a game I believe in. If everything they say is true and that company collapses, oh well. Yeah. I backed the game hoping that it would be successful. The information that was given to me seemed completely legit. I'm a big boy. I made my own decision. If the company falls apart, so be it. Yeah. It's not like it's going to ruin my life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, yeah. CIG isn't a publicly traded company. So they gain, I don't think they gain anything by saying they're okay when they're not. Uh, in fact, I think that would be pretty bad bad for them and it's not like they have this magical stack of money just sitting there not being used or being used for nefarious reasons they're employing like 260 people and employing that many people with 90 million dollars uh 
really isn't as easy as it sounds. That's a lot <laughs> of money to pay a lot of people. Well, and there there are there are people on Twitter who speculate like, well, if if it's two hundred some odd employees and it's you know an average of thirty thousand dollars a year, that's thirty seven million dollars over five years. Do the math, blah blah blah. And it's just like, really, are you an accountant? Do you have any idea? Nobody has any idea what CIG is doing with the money. Yeah, the information that CIG provides to the backers, in my opinion, satisfies me on what they're doing with the money. If the company is lying to me and falls apart, I, you know, so be it. I, I I will I will when when CIG when the company that I support closes its doors makes an announcement that says we have failed we cannot deliver this game we are shutting down I will pursue a refund until then or until they until they have given me an indication that that is accurate I will support them one hundred and ten percent. And I will be excited for every aspect of this game as it develops. I've never gotten a weird feeling from CIG or Chris throughout this whole thing. No, neither and have I. And I think if Chris says now that they have a healthy reserve of money, then that's true. And yeah. that's what I choose to believe. Yeah. And if if that makes us cultists or weirdos, then uh, you know, I, I guess then I'm a weirdo because I actually pay attention to what's going on with the game. The people that I've seen that have been calling the Star Citizen community cultists or, or bashing on CIG or, or hashtag follow the money or whatever that crap is, I, they haven't played the game. No. I, you know, I, I, there, there's one person in particular who I don't want to mention who I, I believe has actually been playing the game or, or had previously played the game, um, who's been a very vocal critic of late, which is a bit disappointing. But he's also an original Kickstarter backer, and I understand that there are some original Kickstarter backers that, that do feel that it's been a little bit long and that they do want the game to come out. And I can understand that and I can respect that. But the vast majority of the people that I'm seeing that are, are commenting negatively on the game are people that have not played any aspect of what's in the game or, or don't follow what comes out of CIG, informationally speaking. Um, they're just people that, you know, seem to just want to troll a lol, a lol, a lol, a lol. Yeah. I mean, you just, you cannot explain trolls. They're out to troll, and if there's a, co a collective of trolls, then it's just going to keep growing, and it's going to be this, I don't, I, I just, uh, it's yeah. I can't well, understand it, I, and I don't, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't understand it either. I don't understand, um why people enjoy watching the world burn um, or doing anything they can to instigate watching the world burn. But, you know, again, teach their own, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like the information that CIG provides to me is enough to satisfy the investment I've made in the game. And understanding the way development works and understanding the information that they have shared with us I feel like we are, yeah, of course the game is, is delayed, but it's not delayed that much. It's not that big a deal for the scope of what they're trying to do for the, the next level aspect of the game. Sometimes that stuff takes time. Sometimes there's delays. It's just part of the business. I'm not worried about what's coming out of CIG. Yeah. Uh, we got testimonials from at least five... CIG devs. Yeah. Um, and these are guys that 
some of them weren't even into video games and they're working for CIG now. Mm -hmm. And they say that it's been like the best experience they've had in their professional career. Yeah. And so, so reading that stuff, just, it just abolishes all of my concerns and, you know, reading that plus Ort, Ortwin's letter and Chris's letter, I just, I, I'm, I'm back to square one. I'm back to DEFCON 5. <laughs> are, you, are you excited for Gamescom? Or oh, I'm sorry, not Gamescom. Uh, CitizenCon? I am Ooh, super boy. excited. All right. Um, do you think, do you think we've, um, you think we've kicked this, uh, this horse enough? This dead horse enough? Yeah, I think so. All right. I'll, I think in, I'll include, uh, links to all that stuff in the especially the the dev testimonials yeah, i think those absolutely. are nice to read i you know so i think i think in summation um it's interesting that this is all coming from one community one person one magazine uh and uh i still support chris and sandy and the entire staff at cig and i am still very excited for the best damn space sim ever yep me too and i'm happy to see that it just kind of backfired for them because I saw tons of people um, buying new ships and stuff just <laughs> out of spite of this. Yeah, no, I, I can dig it. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, we do have an extremely passionate community. I will say this to anybody out there that's listening. Don't, don't go after the writer of the article. Um, don't, don't go after escapist. Don't, don't even go after Derek smart. Yeah. You know, just just don't just it, it, it's hard. I know because I see all the stuff that's in Twitter and it, it gets very frustrating, but don't don't waste your time. You know what I mean? Just pay attention to what's coming out of CIG and and make your own intelligent decisions based on the information that you are are reading and following up on. If you have an investment in something, you should be involved in what is going on with that. I don't know anybody that makes an investment well, maybe with 401k, but beyond that, that makes an investment and just walks away and doesn't pay any attention. If you're an avid stock market uh, trader, you pay attention to what's going on with your stocks. So if you invested in CIG, pay attention to what's coming out from the company and look to more than one news source. You know, look to, you know, dig dig deep. Yeah, you know, the stuff that's that's being said is is horrifying and concerning. But when you break it down and look at the the players involved, it starts to get to be a little bit weird and a little bit fishy. Every moment you entertain these people is another moment they get to be in the limelight. Yeah. And, All right. And and getting going back, you know, firing back with more trolly remarks or whatever, whatever people want to do, just just makes you as bad as them. Like in Batman, <laughs> what does he say? The if you something that'll make you as bad as them or something. Yeah, I I'd, I'd seen I'd seen a few community members really kind of going after the writer and and I just don't subscribe to that. Um I don't think that's fair. Um whether her motivations are um are pure and 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 and, and wrought with journalistic integrity or whether they're not. I I don't go after people personally. I don't I don't think that's fair. Um you know, you won't see me going after Derek Smart. I don't. I I think that he is full of manure, since John doesn't like that we curse for us to curse on the show. 
but um, but I, I won't go after him personally. I mean, at the end of the day, and you said this earlier before we went on air, it's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. That's what I told him. I had a little back and forth with Derek a couple months ago or so, and I told him uh, at the end of the day, it's just a game. And he said, he responded with, yeah, if people would just come to terms with that, then this would all be fine. And I said, well, if you've come to terms with that, then why do you spend so much time trying to destroy it? And he didn't <laughs> respond. Yeah, exactly. Nothing after that. He had nothing to say. Exactly. So, all right. Moving on. Yeah? Yes. You ready to talk? You, want, you ready to take a deep dive into the endeavor? I'm ready to endeavor into it. Let's endeavor to it. Let's endeavor to endeavor. Okay. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is the actual design document. Uh, CIG description. Uh, the Misk Endeavor is one of the most unique ships in the Star Citizen universe uh, and the ultimate embodiment of the game's guiding philosophy to allow players the freedom to choose their own path. Um, it's... Signature feature is modular attachments that allow for an unprecedented level of customization uh, of the base functionality, allowing the ship to fulfill a variety of different roles. So I think this clearly holds 100% true. Um, I think it's interesting that they've really kind of adopted this. um, the, The MISC, anyway, has a very definitive design philosophy with the way that they attach uh, modules or cargo containers with the kind of center being um, being a spine, if you will, and everything kind of uh, mounting to that. Um, I think I'd have to say that I think that the MISC uh, series of ships is probably the most clearly defined in style, yeah? Yeah, and this ship is by far the most modular we've ever seen. Oh, yeah, no question. This ship is so cool. Like, it's probably the coolest ship, I think. Well, you know, some of the things that they had discussed that just really kind of lit up my imagination and also is is hints at some of the more um, deeper deep dive documents we're going to see, ID beacons. Uh, An ID beacon is a signal containing various bits of information that may either be broadcast from a ship offering a particular function or uh, a player or a ship requesting specific services. This beacon allows for select selective scanning of an entire uh, system. So, for example, let's say um, my ship is is broken down somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. If there's an endeavor in the area, they can basically scan the entire sector for these types of distress beacons. At that point, they would contact me and go, "Hey, yeah, you know, we found your signal. It's going to cost it's going to cost you x x number of credits for us to come get you. Are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. Come get me." Um, very cool gameplay, uh, f- non-combat related gameplay. Yeah. Next up is the medical module. Uh, medical module uh, outfits and endeavor with all the equipment necessary to heal any injury or cure any illness that one might encounter while traveling from world to world. Uh, that alone guarantees that the enterprising player maintains a presence in a popular area of uh, area of space ignored by other endeavors. Uh, so basically, the uh, medical module uh, will, from what I understand, allow for you to respawn uh, at that particular location. So if you're in combat out in space and you die, you'll respawn on a player's endeavor. The whole Pretty- idea of 
a hospital in space and the way they're building it with the Endeavor sounds so cool. Like having having the hangar with um ambulances uh which what you call it the 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 Drake what is it the uh, Cutlass the Cutlass Cut- yeah cutlass the Cutlass red. red yeah as ambulances and then you know bringing them back and then having that hospital wing it sounds so cool like it's oh, yeah. so crazy and and the fact that um that it can be a mobile spawn point is also very cool um, yeah as far as for large scale battles that's fantastic um that's it's exciting to see that possibility um even the organic modules uh they touched a little bit on organic modules allow for various forms of plant life to be grown in tightly controlled environments and harvested for profit the thing that i found the most interesting about this was that they alluded to the fact that if you're going to grow uh, exotic difficult plant life they were saying that you may need to actually get in close to the atmosphere of a star or a gas giant that is potentially damaging to your ship. So here again is another aspect of gameplay that has nothing to do with combat that is still interesting and challenging. I mean, if you're, you're going to grow plants, you could potentially lose your ship because you have to orbit too close to a, a star to get the necessary radiation for that particular plant to thrive. And I think that's a really cool way to approach it. Yeah. I wonder got, what the actual science behind having a greenhouse in space is. I don't know. It just feels like a weird concept. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would imagine... So this is how I see that playing out. Uh, the the moisture farmer, <laughs> to do a little call, yeah. um, would go from system to system either collecting seeds or collecting plant life, the way that you would normally kind of collect those types of things in any MMO. Um, will go. They'll go out and seek, you know, either common core stuff, uh, you know, wheats, if you will, corns, and grow large quantities for profit. Uh, and I would imagine those are fairly easy and fairly sustainable to grow and fairly easy to find on various, you know, planets. And then you'll have your more exotic, uh, rarer types of plants that maybe potentially are used for um, illicit drugs or potentially used for medicine. Um, you know, or potentially used for a variety of needs that require more maintenance that are another level, a deeper level of involvement in growing, which I think speaks to the having to orbit a star uh, and use its radiation to make that particular plant thrive. But, you know, and again, these, are, these aren't deep dives. These are just very quick overviews of what they're thinking. And I really like what they're thinking. Yeah, I wonder how deep it will be if you'll have to, like, hoe the dirt and stuff. Yeah, it's. I'm curious to see how that's going to work. Uh, the The way that the document read was that um, you are going to have to, you know, maintain certain water cycles. You're going to need to maintain uh, certain uh, certain levels of um, nutrients in the dirt. Uh, so I, it seems like it's going to be fairly deep. Yeah, I guess. We have farmers now in Star Citizen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that none of this stuff, none of this stuff is really a stretch in, in your traditional MMO. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the, the way that they're doing it. Rather than collecting resources and in Star Wars Galaxies, for example, going to a, um, going to a piece of machinery to craft um, or uh, in World of Warcraft, you know, doing, doing basically the same thing the ship is where you do your crafting. So you would go to planet side, you would collect up the seeds or the plants or whatever they may be, 
bring them back up to the ship and do your crafting there in that module. Yeah, and it's persistent, more like yeah, Minecraft. So you're not just like going to this place and pressing E to pick up some stuff. You're right. actually growing it in your own ship. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, the discovery module uh, is uh, geared towards aspiring astronomers. Uh, it's got a uh, powerful 16-meter telescope mounted uh, in a uh, rotatable base. So it allows to uh, scan the heavens for infrared, visible, and uh, gamma spectra, as well as uh, dual injection ports for, uh, for arrays for long-range uh, long range probes. Uh, additional mods they'll be talking about in the future as they come out. But um, just, the, just those descriptions really kind of lend themselves to this, the philosophy that CIG has always kind of followed in making things kind of things that are, are mundane, things that we have seen in other games, making them more interesting, making them more creative. Following up the, uh, the design document was uh, Research Unbound, uh, the MISC in, un, uh, endeavor. And it talks a little bit, it breaks down the actual ship. So apparently, and I wasn't aware of this, the, the ship has two, stage, uh, two stages. It's got the, uh, the Explorer stage, which is uh, a multi-stage ship. It allows for an armored Explorer cab to detach and operate under its own power. Uh, for, and this is really designed to kind of um, go into areas that are too dangerous to bring the, the mothership, if you will, um, or stage two, the work, uh, workshop, into the fray. Uh, the Explorer does not have a jump drive, and I know people have been um, asking why, uh, and uh, we'll talk about that in the next section. But then the second stage, stage two, is the workshop. This is the meat and potatoes of the endeavor. Uh, this is you know where all the magic happens. This is where all your modules are. And then they go into some details about the size of the modules. Um, modules are all based in twos. You can't have... Um, so if you've got uh, a, a left side um, uh, greenhouse, you have a right side greenhouse. They're, they're basically all two. You can't... Um, it, it's all symmetrical. You can't do an asymmetrical design where you've got um, you know, organics on one side and... Um, uh, and discoverable modules on the other side. Yeah. But it does seem like you can mix and match in the, in the respect of you can have a left and right, you know, organics module, and then behind that have a discovery module. So uh, also great. Uh, then, of course, we've got the Endeavor Q&A uh, part one. And Dude, just a, that, sorry. The good. fact that it splits into two parts, that is so cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Uh, there is definitely no question about that. Uh, you know, I, I understand why people are bummed about the fact that it doesn't have a jump drive because the um, that main ship, the, or you know, that the the um, the head of the ship, if you will, is is a fairly large ship. The Explorer Cab is a fairly large ship, so it does seem that you know it would make sense for you to have a jump drive on it, which leads us to the Endeavor Q and A. One of the questions that was asked was, why doesn't the Explorer cab come with a jump drive? Uh, there are ships that are smaller that have that cap capability. Can we, can we add one aftermarket? And the response was, uh, there is uh, no slot for the aftermarket jump drive. The game design perspective or the, the design that they're trying to go, go with is um, it's important for every ship to not be able to do everything. 
And so their design philosophy on that Explorer uh, cab is that it, it is a very large, but it is bound to the, the workshop. I think and that I makes it. sense. Yeah, I get it. You know, if you if you want to jump around all over the place, you you need to bring the workshop with you. If you need to go down the planet side, or if things get hairy and you're you know you're in a dangerous spot for whatever it is that you're doing, then you detach and you take the Explorer. Does the saucer on the Enterprise have a jump drive? I can't remember. Probably, it's Star Trek. Everybody's got a jump yeah. drive. Yeah. So even the little ships have jump drives. Well, I don't know if they do or not. I don't. I question. don't think they do. No, no, I think you're right. I think the smaller um, uh, cruise ships don't. But, you know. Uh, another question from the Q&A was, uh, do the modules have to be used in pairs, which we just talked about? And the answer is yes. They, they are all uh, twofers. They're all left and right slots. Uh, the overall Endeavor Q&A is great read. Uh, I definitely recommend you go check it out. Uh, so from uh, Reverse the Verse, number 65, uh, just a couple of highlights uh, without going into too much detail uh, about all of the insanity, uh, the response was that it is bull. Uh, Lisa was there, uh, and she is leaving for a great new opportunity that Ben's pretty jealous of, so she can't talk about it yet. But I'm excited for her, and I'm curious to see what it is. Hopefully it's something really cool. Yeah, for sure. There are uh, no current plans to sell the F8 Lightning. Uh, oh, my God. I know. That thing is so cool. One. Everything yeah. is so cool in this game. <laughs> You're, oh, you've joined the cult. Uh, one of us. One no, of us. Seriously, seriously, the Endeavor got me really excited. And also, I want an F8 Lightning. <laughs> the thing is, so, is going to blow my Super Hornet off the map. Uh, it, it is a pretty tough-looking uh, ship. But yeah, it's, uh, my understanding is it is uh, Squadron 42 only. Uh, the uh, CCU system is coming along. Uh, they uh, hopefully uh, you hopefully it might appear just before CitizenCon. The uh, Connie is uh, doing very well. They're in their final push. Uh, they uh, just had a review of it uh, and uh, having uh, daily updates to get everything kind of finished up for that. You got to the, see this, didn't you? What's that? The Connie update. When you... Oh yeah, oh yeah. Was it cool? It's magical. <laughs> um, Connie modularity was a question. Uh, right now, the guys uh, working on it are just working on the Andromeda, which is mine, so kudos for me. Uh, Lisa's been putting together a schedule uh, a schedule uh, for, proje- uh, for projections uh, for when they'll get to work on the other ships. Uh, I think this makes sense, though. The Andromeda is supposed to be the... Um, the multi-option ship. So they're working on getting that ship modular first, and then they'll look at the Aquila, and they'll look at the, you know, the Phoenix from from there, and uh, the Taurus from there. So that makes sense. Um, I'm really excited to see what those modules are. There's not really a whole lot I want to swap out of my Andromeda, but I would really like to get a larger car- cargo bay, and I'm hoping that that's an option. Where do you think the modules... Do you think there will be more than one module besides like the back main area? Yeah, based on the the document that I had seen, um, and and this isn't something I saw on the tour. This is something I've seen on the internet. You've got uh, the head, then you've got the neck, then you've got the body, and then you've got the engine 
area. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it looks like there's four different sections that you can play with. And it makes sense because, you know, if you want to get rid of the Merlin, you might end up switching out your engines, switching out the back end of the ship. Uh-huh. Um, I'm hoping, again, that I can just swap out the center mod for maybe like the Taurus cargo mod. Although I don't know what the penalty is going to be because I like having those weapons, uh, the additional weapons that the Andromeda has. So we'll have to see. But the Andromeda is working on being modular. Uh, all indications are it's going to be flight ready soon, which is super cool. Uh, the uh, And uh, so, yeah. So Connie's coming along nicely. Very excited about that. Uh, not going to uh, PTU uh, today for 1.3. But they are working on 1.3, and it should be going live very soon. Uh, they can't really talk about it. The only thing that they've really said about 1.3 is that it is the great merger. Um, all of the streams are basically being pulled together, and uh, we will uh, we will have one development stream on the live servers when 1.3 goes live. Yeah, so that doesn't really mean anything for us. Well, that's the the the. To be fair, that is what they were saying. They were saying that that, that there's not, there might not be a whole lot that we'll see on the front end, but that this is a huge patch on the back end. Right. So. Yeah, it should be, should be fancy. Fancy dancy. Uh, for around the verse, uh, season two apparently. I didn't know they had a season one, but I guess they do. Uh, not a whole lot of news um, coming out of Around the Verse this week. Uh, I will say that the new studio looks really cool, even though it's a temporary fix. Uh, yeah. The, the studio will be updated again when they move. Uh, but it looks great. Uh, and they have a lot of new uh, segment bumpers, a lot of new assets uh, that uh, add a, a certain level of class. Oh, by the way, I was looking at uh, the Descent Studios uh, YouTube, uh-huh. which is... They're the guys that are doing the Descent game where uh, Wingman Peterson went. Yeah. And uh, Wingman Peterson is doing Wingman's Hangar for Descent now. (laughs) Nice, okay. But he's also using the same bumpers that he used for Wingman's Hangar for Star Citizen, which I thought was kind of... Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but... Well, you know, if you buy those assets, you want to get your money's worth. Yeah, I guess maybe it was... Maybe he did all that stuff. I don't know, but it's yeah, it's very possible. He he may may very well have bought those assets and and uh, put the show together himself. I mean, it was very early on with CIG, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise for sure. me. Yeah, it was just funny seeing that stuff again. <laughs> nice, um, Darian and Eric out of Santa Monica said the caterpillar was moving along nicely. Uh, there are uh, they're tightening up the character rigging, and again, the Connie is being finished up. Uh, ship shape was probably the the segment that I found the most interesting. There's also a really good um, interview with um, with Ben uh, that talks in in depth about his mindset or his vision of the endeavor. But as far as ship shape goes, uh, multiple one thing that they had talked about was um, there's now going to be multiple power supplies tuned to specific tasks um, f- across most of the ships. So, for example, you could have a stealth power plant and a racing power plant, um, and then you can dive deeper into them and customize them accordingly. The racer power plant, for example, would light up like a Christmas tree on anybody's radar because there's so much power in it, whereas the stealth power plant would have a lot less output, a lot less power output, but would run a lot cooler and would be a lot 
less noticeable on the radar. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I love the fact that they're going to be providing us with more than just one power supply. And it allows for us to be able to mix and match different power supplies and be able to kind of tune those up and down and really dial them in and get them the way that we want and find like kind of a sweet spot uh, to fit the needs of whatever that particular ship role is. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Abby's hypothesis for why the whole E's engines are so um, so powerful um, for how big they are. And that it, it was kind of like the the difference between a diesel engine and a gas engine. The diesel engine would take longer to get up to speed, right? Um, while a gas engine would accelerate faster. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just a matter of balance for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's it's there. I'm I'm really excited to see the the depth uh, that we have in customizing the ships. Um, you know, just just the fact that they had gone into a little bit of detail about the fact that there will now be three power supplies going forward got me excited for um, you know how much uh, we'll be able to play with our ships when they go live. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff. Um, I think that they're overall they're holding back uh, for uh, CitizenCon, which makes sense. Um, you know there there's a whole lot of uh, a lot of the theme of the news this week was can't say much. Wait for CitizenCon. I hope it's mini PU. If it's mini PU, then all these doubters are gonna shut their mouth. No, no, they, they won't. won't. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they won't. Haters gonna hate. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm really hoping for mini PU as well. I think it's pretty safe to say that we will not see uh, multi crew. We'll not see multi crew 2.0 for Arena Commander because they've already said that the mini PU is where they're going to test those functionalities before they port it into arena commander, which as we know, arena commander is the video game in a game concept. Uh, but yeah, I think the birth of the, of the PU, the mini PU is going to be a huge leap forward for the game and a huge leap forward for the community. Um, I think that, uh, we're all really excited and really looking forward to having, um, even if it's one system, having that living, breathing universe, uh, at least the baby steps for it and the beginnings of it. So it should be cool. Hopefully that's what they uh, what they go live with. The other thing, though, the wild card is Star Marine. Yeah. I mean, if they've, if they've merged all of the development streams, if, you know, and we didn't touch on the Star Marine update this week because there wasn't really a lot to touch on. Uh, if, so if a lot of the issues are being resolved, if the streams are merged... You have to wonder, you know, and and that's a big point of contention with, you know, the people that are are down on CIG, you know, where's Star Marine? Uh, and I think that that's a, a good way to, to shut those people up as well. So it, to me, it's kind of a wild card. I think you're right. I think we're going to see the mini PU at CitizenCon. Um, and I think we might even get a release date for Squadron 42, which would be awesome. Uh, but Star Marine is the wild card. Are we going to see it for CitizenCon, or are we going to see it? Or are they going to announce when it's going to go live? Or are we going to see it a month or two later? That's I think that's really the wild card here. I don't think they'll show anything, but I think they will announce a date or just release it right there. Yeah, yeah. We might we might get um we ha- we haven't seen really anything on Squadron Forty Two. We might get a game trailer for that. Yeah, that would be great. 
That would be pretty Man. cool. Uh, like, we have no concept of what it'll even look like. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what well, does we... a, a, like, a character just, like, talking to you look like in Star Citizen? Right. And, well, and we know, we know they're going to announce the uh, casting list. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that we know for sure. They've already said as much. They're going to announce the, the cast that's playing that's going to be in Squadron 42. So maybe we're going to see uh, a game trailer for Squadron 42. Maybe oh, we're my... going to see a release date for Squadron 42. Oh. Maybe we're going to see the birth of uh, the uh, baby PU. And we still got that Star Marine wild card. So Star last... Marine looks so good. Like the yeah. little snippets that they show in the updates just look so great. And the, mm-hmm. like that sniper charging up that they showed in this week's. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so so cool. Uh, yeah, I loved um I loved the way it vented heat too after yeah, it fired. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally fanboying out. Oh man. Good times. This is a this is a good game, people. It's gonna be great. Just gotta <laughs> s- stick through it. Yeah, I you know, it, it's like I said, when when you're when you when there is a community of people going after you, um, it doesn't make things any easier. And I, you know, I will be the first to admit that, yeah, you know, that there there is a delay in in some of the content that that we would like to see. But if 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 they are in fact breaking boundaries, if they are in fact doing things that nobody's ever done before, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. I'm kind of actually I'm. I'm proud of our community because over at our forums, it's just been a really intelligent conversation um, about all of this stuff. Uh, and, you know, there we have our skeptical points, um, but nobody is, you know, defending these people or, or, bashing the game or anything it's just an intelligent intelligent conversation and it's just really surprising that somehow we can have those conversations and nobody nobody comes in and is trying to make those trolley remarks and just ruin it for everybody so. no absolutely and the thing is you can have an intelligent conversation and you can be skeptical and you can have concerns you know I, i've said before the original Kickstarter uh, folks, you know, have a legitimate concern based on what they originally backed. I think that the vast majority of those original Kickstarter kick, Kickstarter backers have followed along with the expanded scope of the game. But for those that haven't, it's a legitimate concern. Um, you know, the the lack of, of Star Marine, for example, is they're, they're legitimate concerns. But yeah. if if you're familiar with the company, if you're following the news cycles, if you're really paying attention to what's going on out there, they are fully explaining everything that's going on. They're explaining delays. They're they're and they're not that delayed. It's it's not. I, I have a lot of fun playing Arena Commander. I have a lot of fun um, in the social module. Uh, you know, I, do I want more? Of course, I want more, because you know what what they are working on is fantastic. But I'm not super worried about it. Yeah, I. I don't understand why you would get worried about it when you when they are showing you gameplay of it and they're telling you that it's not ready for you to play, but we've set up this instance so that it looks good for you to play. Or it it looks it's an idea of what you'll be able to play. Yeah, well it's it's the thing is at the end of the day it's still in development and I don't think that the the 
concerns would be nearly as bad if there weren't individuals uh, and and communities fanning the flames to to make people or uh, for people to be afraid. But I think at the end of the day, if Squadron Forty Two or when Squadron Forty Two comes out, and and if it is all that CIG has said it will be, it will stand on its own merits. And people that are are not necessarily following Star Citizen or not necessarily interested in the game, but are gamers in general, people that like Destiny, I think people that like Destiny are going to love Squadron Forty Two. And I think that that's what CIG is banking on. You know, at this point now, you know, this stuff is stressful and this stuff hurts them. But if they're able to put out a an amazing standalone game that is wildly successful, this game will be just fine. My my only question about Squadron Forty Two is about the co op, because I could have sworn from the beginning they said it was going to be like four player co op or something, but now it sounds like portions of it are going to be co op. Yeah, that's the impression I got too. I mean, by and large, and as far as I'm aware, um, and again, I'm not an original Kickstarter uh, backer. As far as I'm aware, the game has always been a single-player game, which is one of the reasons why the death mechanic doesn't um, doesn't have any effect in Squadron 42. But yeah, that there will be aspects of it that are co-op. I'll be... I, I wonder if they've said any... any s- specific thing about that. So... Uh. Hopefully, Hopefully, if they talk about it, they will. <laughs> we just said that together. It's yes. adorable. We part of we, part of the cult. Both hoping. We're both hoping. No, we're part of the same cult. We 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 now are connected cult. in the mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, John, I want co-op. John, if if I were to if I wanted to form a community around Star Citizen, let's uh-huh. say for I don't know. Um, maybe those guys with ships. Maybe those guys with ships should have a community formed around it. Where would one go to create that community? Well, I wanted to do the same exact thing, and I actually did it at Engine.com, where they have easy-to-use tools that anybody can use, even if you don't know any coding or anything. It's just basically drag-and-drop modules, and it's customizable, and it's free. It's E-N-J-I-N.com. What more could you ask for? It's um, it's an attractive site, John. I um. You did a nice job for not Thanks. knowing anything about coding. I think I think it might need a little bit of a facelift. I might uh, be uh, updating a little bit here oh. sometime in the future. Those guys with ships 2.0? Season yeah. 2? Oh, yeah. I like it. Support Ronald Jenkins. Uh, please check him out at www.ronaldjenkins.com. Support Star Citizen, the base radio at radio.starcitizen.base. You will find a rebroadcast of this show, uh, the previous week's show, every Saturday afternoon. Support me. I'm Star... Oh, he'll be back next week. I'm so excited. I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah. He'll be back next week. I know we all miss him. I do. God, everyone's got to be tired of my yammering. No, I, I enjoy it. But Aww. the but the the fake I'm Star Gleep kind of gets old after the third time. For, wait, support, no, it'd be his fifth time. Support me. I'm Star. <laughs> oh wait. Oh, oh, he did it again. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. The sixth time. I'm gonna do it like twelve more times. Oh, the rest of the God. show, the, the next forty-five minutes will be me dedicated to just saying, "Support me. I'm Star." Support Gleep. me. I'm Jimmy Croker. You can email <laughs> me at jimmy at versecast.org and follow me 
places because I'm cool. <laughs> uh, what more needs to be said? John, where, where can the good folks find you on the internet? You can find me at the only Jonto pretty much everywhere. You can email me at john at versecast.org. Speaking of email, you can email the show at comms at versecast.org like other people have been doing. So why aren't you doing it too? We need those emails. Seriously, email us. We're chatty. We like yeah. to talk. And if you want to chat even quicker, you can follow us on Twitter at versecast. Make sure to use the hashtag TGWS so all of our guys with ships can find those tweets robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast is our organization. We are those guys with ships. You can join up to 10 orgs, so you really got nothing to lose here. Um, versecast.org is our website. We got our forums, which is pretty chatty. I have a hard time keeping up. I and do, I, too. I do, I, too. I have over 2,500 posts now. <laughs> ah, wow. Yeah, it's crazy, but... Yeah, so uh, somebody needs to start beating me. I think, I think Avi is approaching a thousand. So nice, it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, that's our website. And then uh, make sure to uh, leave us a like and a comment over on the RSI Hub. I set up a handy little forwarding address. Just go to hub.versecast.org. It'll take you right to that page. I think. I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure, we are the most liked podcast on the page now. You like us? You really like us? It's amazing. Yeah, so that's our hub page. And then make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Just search Reverse Cast. We haven't gotten a review in a while. So if somebody has been waiting on that review, do it now. Time to drop it. There's never been a better time. Until next time, then, we are Those Guys with Chips, and this has been the first cast. See you later. See you guys. And my name is Stark Leap. Oh, Stark. You love it.